Welcome to the She Who Wins podcast. I'm your host, Renee Bauer. I'm an attorney, entrepreneur, author, speaker, and investor. This is the place where we dive into all of the things that matter to you and most importantly, uncover what's holding you back from realizing your dreams. Because she who moves forward fiercely is she who wins. What would you do if you woke up one morning and found that your hair was falling out in clumps? I don't know about you, but as someone who currently has extensions in her hair, I think I'd probably be devastated. And I'm not sure that I would have the resilience and grit to turn that into a positive. Well, today's guest, McKenna Wrights, did just that. She's a TEDx speaker who empowers people to reframe life's challenges into gifts and opportunities so they can pursue their purpose with clarity and confidence. After losing all of her hair due to alopecia, she uses her journey of having this autoimmune disease to help others overcome loss. This is such a powerful conversation. So let's jump in and meet McKenna Wrights. Hi, McKenna. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. It's what an honor to be on with you. Ah, you were one of the first applications I looked at for a speaker for the She Who Wins Summit, and you immediately jumped out as a person who, like, someone I wanted to know. I like, I loved your story. I loved your energy, and so um, I'm psyched to have you as a speaker at the sum- summit, but also have this conversation. So, let's start with your story, how you ended up here, and doing the work that you, because you're a teacher, right? I am. And you're also, you you are a TEDx. Yep. So I'm a teacher. I coach varsity volleyball. I'm a mom. I'm a TEDx speaker. Yeah. So <laughs> you're, you're doing all the things. Yeah. <laughs> so how did it start? Can you talk a little bit about, because you have something that you, um, you were dealt, a hand that you were dealt that you probably didn't ask for and it impacted you. So I want to, I want you to tell the story from, from your words. Yeah. So it's actually kind of funny because I, looking back, I think I actually did ask for it in a weird roundabout way because in May of 2015, we had our youngest daughter. And I remember a couple months beforehand, I was kind of introspecting on my life and, you know, talking about, you know, I've hit all my life goals. I have the white picket fence. I've got the, the life I want. We're pregnant with our second, about to give birth. And I remember saying to myself, now what? Never did I imagine that that now what would lead me to losing every single hair on my entire body within three weeks. So we have our daughter in May 2015. And in August, when volleyball started, when school started, aka stress, started to really build up, plus dealing with the postpartum hormonal changes that women go through, I noticed my hair shedding and more so than it did after the first, my first daughter. And I went to a dermatologist and the dermatologist said, there's a chance you have alopecia and you could possibly lose all your hair. And as a woman, that was the last thing I ever want to imagine. I'm like, there's no way, you know, but it stuck with me like, wow, like what that there's just no chance season ends and this end of the end of October. And by the end of November, or by the end of November, all my hair was gone. I remember sitting in the shower with my hands full of hair 
and in just in complete disbelief. And I felt though, as though every strand of hair that was falling out of my head, my identity was being erased from me. And it was very, very traumatic. Uh, and I was diagnosed with the autoimmune disease called alopecia, which attacks your hair follicles and causes your hair to fall out. And there's many, there's different types. There's areata, which is just bald spots. There's totalis, which is complete hair loss in your head. And there's universalis, which is hair loss in your entire body. And it took me a while to realize that losing every hair on your body really isn't that bad. I mean, my life has gotten substantially a little bit easier. It takes me <laughs> a lot less time to get ready. No shaving. No one knows how old I am because I'm never going to have gray hair. I mean, it's there are lots of silver linings. But of course, when we're in the deep of the storm, we can't see that. And so I was really desperate to do anything to get my hair back. And I did. I mean, I went through the ringer of taking medicines that compromise my immune system to women's Rogaine, to topical creams, to weekly steroid injections into my scalp for six months, then turned <sighs> to holistic. And what I, you know, I was so over my body just completely shutting down because of everything I was doing to it. I decided to take a step back and focus on me and focus on my attitude towards alopecia. And that ironically, I found a quote and happened to be working on, I saw a quote by Jackton, Captain Jack Sparrow of the Pirates of the Caribbean. And it says, <laughs> the problem is not the problem. The problem is the attitude about the problem. And I was so focused on the problem, something that was out of my control, but especially as a strong female that I tried to be every single day. I wanted to be in control of it, but it was in control of me and I have no control over it. What I do have control over is my attitude and how I view alopecia. And once I started to not allow alopecia to define me and I define it, it completely changed my perspective on life. How old were you when you were diagnosed? I was 33. So about seven years ago. Okay. So it, now just for anyone who's listening, are there any other side effects to alopecia other than losing your hair? Like, are there any health issues or is it, is it the hair loss? That's the amazing part. When I was losing my hair, I wanted a cause. We want to understand why, why is this happening? And there's no specific cause there. It, you know, it does not discriminate versus age gender, ethnicity, religion, and there is nothing physically wrong with us. Now, if you have multiple autoimmune diseases, then it could possibly take a toll just because of that perfect storm. But I am perfectly healthy. And so when COVID hit, I was concerned of being at high risk of having a compromised immune system. As long as I'm not taking medications, my immune system is perfectly good. And so that is the silver, you know, the yeah. catch 22 is you want to cause, but it's also happy that there isn't something physically wrong because sometimes we just need to know why, but sometimes the why is different than what we really expected it to be. So th at that moment, when you decided that you were going to stop doing all of the things, you were going to stop the injections and stop trying to grow back your hair, was there relief from that? I mean, I imagine there would be so much relief, but also grief too. There's a lot of grief. There was a lot of grief for many, many years. Uh, for four years, I re I would not go outside of my house without a wig on or without a hat on. 
I would say for the first year and a half, I didn't go to bed without wearing my hat. I just going, walking around my own house, I still had a hat on because I was so embarrassed and ashamed of what I looked like. And I remember when my hair was falling out, my husband saying, McKenna, it's just hair. And I'm thinking, you don't understand. You're a male. You don't. And of course, he's bald, but he doesn't understand of (laughs) what society has taught us in a not a great way that our hair and our physical attributes are our identity. But it wasn't until a year ago when I've already been going out bald for two years that I finally stopped in my tracks and looked in the mirror and saw my beauty. Being able to see myself for what I have been blessed with, to be able to look in the mirror and say, I am enough and I am worth it, is when I finally understood what my husband was saying is that he loves me beyond my physical attributes. He loves me for me, but I couldn't see that because I was in my own way. I'm my, we are our own worst enemy. And so, you know, we go through that grieving period. I remember when I went to my hairstylist, I had a few hairs left and I just said, I need you to shave it off. And I remember him turning the chair and seeing my reflection for the very first time, completely bald. It, it was very difficult. It was a, the, probably one of the most emotional experiences of my life. Uh, because we never imagined seeing ourselves that way. But there was that grieving period. But once I stopped any type of treatment, it wasn't, I wanted to be an overnight one and done that, okay, I'm good. I'm, you know, I'm proud of who I am, but it's not, it's a journey. And what, that's what we need to understand that everyone experiences losses and challenges in our lives. Mine just happens to be visible where everyone else gets to walk through society with a smile on their face and being, you know, saying they're great when in all actuality, they're not. What we need to understand is that everyone has a story. Everyone is battling something and it's okay to be weak. It's okay to grieve when we are weak. That is when we're most strong. But what I've learned is that we have to give ourselves that grace period. But when we can lessen that grace period a little bit more and start to find the silver linings take a step back and understand why it happened for us and not to us, not allowing it to define Mm -hmm. us, but rather us to define it. Slowly, it's going to change your perspective on life. It's going to change your perspective on yourself. It might be quicker than others. It might be longer than others, but you can't compare your journey or your grief to someone else's, but be inspired by one another that we're all here. We are all fighting every single day and we are, we're winning because we're still standing tall. And that's where I'm most proud of, of where and how I've gotten through my journey. So as you look in the mirror today, do you see the beautiful woman who I'm looking at right now? Or do you still look at yourself and, you know, kind of, do you cringe? Do you feel something of those like old feelings from when your hairdresser swung you around in that chair? Uh, First of all, thank you. Um, When it comes to my baldness, when it comes to my face, when it comes, I love everything that I see. I love it because it has made me, me. 
you know, I feel that I always said that alopecia has given me my purpose. No, I think it was a way for my life to say, we've been trying to show you what your true purpose is in life, but you haven't been seeing it. So we're going to make sure that you actually see it this time. And that's why I was given and blessed with alopecia. Now, I am still the normal self-conscious woman when it comes to our bodies, though. But what's great is that I have two young daughters who are watching my every move, listening to everything Mm -hmm. that I say. And so that they've been my why. They are the reason why I finally went out of the house bald and got out of my own way. Because I want my daughters to, one, grow up loving themselves, to be able to have that self-confidence, but to also love and accept and celebrate adversity and diversity within our society. You know, walking down the grocery aisle and, you know, the amount of kids to adults who just stare at me when it used to bother me, now it just makes me stand taller and taller because I am showing everyone else that we are still human beings and that we are strong enough to get through everything. And I hope that by me walking tall, can empower others to continue fighting every single day. And so what's your purpose now? To empower others to reframe their life's challenges into gifts and opportunities as I've been able to with alopecia. And how have you been doing that? By showing up me, by sharing my story. You know, everyone says that your mess is your message, but your message is medicine for other people. And the more and more I share my story and sharing my struggles and the dark storms that I've been through, it allows us, especially as women, to understand that when we feel alone, we aren't alone. I get to teach 16 to 18-year-old students every single day who feel that they are on their own island. We've been there. And when I get to walk and stand in front of my students, in front of my student athletes, in front of my daughters, and be unapologetically me, that hopefully, and well, I know it does, empowers them to not allow the little things, to get out of their own damn way, to be able to see beyond their comfort zone and the comfort zone that they created. And I think that's what's most important is, and I tell them every single day, be you, do you, because that's what makes this world so beautiful. And everything you just said is exactly the reason you'll be on stage at the She Who Wins Summit, because you're so inspiring. And I love that message because I think it's so easy for all of us to get caught up in the 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 victimhood to some extent, or like I had a bad day and it's somebody else's fault. And I, you know, I started this podcast. It was all about divorce initially. And it was because of my own divorces Mm -hmm. and the shame that I had for that. And, and it was, you know, it's the, it's that message of, of hope and celebrating exactly who you are and wearing it as a badge of honor. I mean, that's why I love what you do. And that's why, like, I was immediately drawn to you because you're so proud you know, and you're so confident and you, despite whatever (laughs) you might be feeling inside Mm -hmm. and, you know, because we all go through that, but what, how you come across is that you have so much confidence about who you are. So is that something that 
is that something that took time? Like, is that, have you always been a, a human before alopecia or after who was just a really confident person? Or is that something you have worked through your whole life? We're human beings and we're continuously, if I hope that everyone wants to grow every single day. And I always tell my student athletes, I tell my daughters, make yesterday's best, today's worst. Make yesterday's best, today's worst. That every single day we want to grow. Now, I, you know, I was a college athlete. I grew up playing volleyball. I have been coaching volleyball for a very long time. And I've been very confident in my skills. Um, I've been very confident in my abilities. Uh, but we all struggle. You know, and I, the more vulnerable we can be in saying, you know, everyone says, oh, I wish I could be as strong as you. You need to understand what I've been through to be able to get to this point. But I still struggle. I still struggle on what's going on, you know, in my own life is, am I doing this right? But the more I can stand tall, the more I can put a smile on my face and the more I can reframe that mindset and find the silver lining, even though I have to dig really, really deep to find the glass half full rather than half empty, it allows me to continually be authentically me and to be as vulnerable as possible to be able to represent what you know women are and what they can be as long as they just believe in themselves. This message is for the dreamers, doers, and goal-getters out there. The She Who Wins Summit, a live event experience, is coming to Connecticut on April 28th and 29th, 2023. It's time to supercharge your soul so you can show up even more powerfully in your life, in your relationships, and in your business and career. Learn more at shewhowins.com. So how do you get yourself out of a funk or a bad place? Um, because it, it, it's it's unrealistic for anyone to be like, oh, I'm always like this, because that's not the truth. And we know that. Like, how do you on any given day now, like if you find yourself running up to that bad day or that like, oh, poor me, what do you do to to dig yourself out? There's, you know, you have to work, find out what works. If it's not working, find something else. But the biggest thing is finding that support system. Um, I have uh, very thankful for having a very loving and supportive husband that I can lean to. I have my parents, which live right down the road, but I also have great friends. Uh, but it's taking the time to say I'm not okay, and knowing that it's okay not to be okay. And you know, we have to remove that stigma. Uh, I love going to work out. <laughs> I work out every morning at by five thirty. I'm in the gym. And it just gives me my me time. We are in such a fast-paced day that we never get that, that downtime to be focusing on us. And so that time in the morning is time for me just to focus on my you know, most important tasks of the day, of focusing on manifestation and focusing on you know, taking care of myself to be able to provide to others. But it's sometimes just getting out of bed you know, getting out of bed and moving to the couch, I applaud you. Like you did something, you, you took a step forward. It doesn't have to be extravagant. And that's where we have to ease up on our own expectations that we have to understand that some days are going to be amazing and some days are just going to be okay. But as long as you're still fighting through it and leaning on others for that help and that support, 
asking for help, which is the most difficult thing to do, but knowing that when you need it the most, that is when you need to ask. And I think women really suck at asking for help. We try to do it all and we don't want to. <laughs> it, it, I don't it's know amazing. Why. I don't, I think it's something innate in all honesty. I, you know, teaching psychology and just even going through the evolution, you have the men go off and hunt, but the women had to stay back and pick the berries, tend to the fire, make the clothes, take the, they had so (laughs) many multitask and we want it done right. (laughs) We want it done. (laughs) And so when you ask for help, you're so then concerned that other people are going to do it wrong. Then you just have to redo it. And so why even ask for help in the first place? But that is our weakness. That is my weakness at least you know, for sure. And so that's why we need to take a step back and try to delegate. (laughs) And, and what's like they say done, done imperfectly is better than like you doing it perfectly and taking all your time or something. There's a much more succinct way of that, (laughs) But, but that's the, that's the gist. So have you always been a speaker or did the speaker in you come out because of the alopecia journey? I would say that I've always been a speaker only because I'm a teacher. Um, But the true speaker and my true voice came out because of alopecia. I remember standing in front of my students probably about four years ago now. And I always show just very few TEDx clips, TED clips, when, you know, when they are pertinent to the curriculum that we're talking about. And I would tell them, you know, my goal is, is to be a TEDx speaker. And never thinking it would ever happen. But I felt like I am on stage every single day in front of the most difficult audience, students, adolescents, (laughs) and especially now adolescents who've gone through COVID and are completely different. But it's given me my voice. It's given me, you know, my true purpose of why I want to be on stages, why I want to help out others like you who are creating such amazing events to bring women together, to bring people together, to be able to connect and learn from one another, to understand that we're not alone. And so that's why we have to, you know, look and understand that the mountain that we've been given is a beautiful mountain. Every mountain is going to have the terrain, but I love my mountain. I'm going to keep climbing it. And I'm so excited to see what else is going to happen for me rather than to me. So as we wrap up the interview, a couple of final questions for you. One, um, one, why have you not written a book yet? Actually, I want to ask you that because I feel like there's, oh, there's a secret. (laughs) Um, I am working on it right now. It is amazing. It is on my list that I want to walk into target. I want to walk into stores and see my book. I already have the title, Never Having a Bad Hair Day, because (sighs) I'm never having a bad hair day. And when you can reframe that mindset about your day, it changes your life. A little, I'm like leaning in whispering, like I'm telling you a secret for everyone else who's (laughs) listening. Do you know at the summit, my publisher, the acquisitions editor will be there taking pitches. So... So have your book proposal ready because she will be there all day. She's teaching a workshop on how to get published um, and she will be there. So she'll be watching you and then you can pitch her. 
Let's go. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> just saying, I feel like that's like a really good. Yeah. I'm super excited for that. I love because it. That's I already amazing. have my proposal done, like the rough draft. <gasps> so I'm going to keep working on it. I love it. Because yep. that's my so goal is to be published. Love it. She's, t- she's taking pitches without agent representation too, which is like you don't usually hear of. So yes. So anyway, <laughs> um, secret, but not a secret. Yep. Anyway, so how do we find you? How do, how do someone connect with you on social media? Number one. Uh, you could any uh, McKenna rights at McKenna rights on anything and everything. It made it as easy as possible. And same thing with my website, McKennaWrites.com. Awesome. You will be joining us on April 29th, taking the main stage, inspiring us. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to have you. Um, You were like just the immediate front runner. Like I said at the beginning that I knew when I was going through applications, I'm like, I have to have this woman there. So I'm so grateful that you're joining us. And final question that I ask everyone is what does winning mean to you? Hmm, That's a that's a tough question that you're asking a volleyball player slash coach, but you know, I, <laughs> just to be as honest as possible, you know, but I don't coach for wins and losses. That's not why I coach. Winning is showing up as you every day, whether it is with messy hair or no hair, but being able to show up as a vulnerable an authentic person, not allowing others to influence your perspective or the way that you dress or the way that you behave. And when you can Mm -hmm. start caring more about yourself than what other people think and start to, and wanting to provide value to other people to bring and support other people, that's winning to me. You know, it's not about numbers. It's not about GPA. It's not about amount of money that you make, but it's, are you making an impact on the society around you, on the world around you? And even if it's one person at a time, you, you're winning at life and that's incredible. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. Such a great answer. McKenna, thank you so much for spending this time. I can't wait to see you in real life. And I'm just so grateful for you sharing your story just with the world. Like I'm grateful that you've had the courage to stand up and use your voice. Thank you. Thank you. And this was absolutely incredible. I cannot wait to meet you and to be a part of the She Who Wins Summit. Like this is just an incredible experience that you're creating for women. And I cannot wait for to meet many, many other women who are on the same journey. That's a wrap. Please subscribe to the She Who Wins podcast so you'll be the first to know about every new episode that drops. Until next time, and remember, she who moves forward fiercely is she who wins.